You're listening to the Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast. I'm your host, Angela Sanchez, beauty business mentor and founder of Beauty Business Co. I want you to believe that you can achieve anything if you set your mind to it. I'll be interviewing leading beauty industry professionals and discovering exactly what drove them to becoming the hashtag beauty boss they are today. Are you ready to be inspired? You're listening to episode 17 of Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast with today's guest, Kim Tran. Kim is known as the queen of skincare, an ambitious beauty boss who once shied away from any attention on the incredible achievements she was receiving. That all changed when Kim was named Australian Telstra Young Businesswoman of the Year in 2016. And since then, she has not let anything stop her. Kim is actually living one of my dreams of owning the property that her gorgeous skin clinic, La Belle Peau, is located. It's in Perth and it's so stunning. In this episode, Kim speaks about some incredible tips on matching our staff members' personalities with our clients so we can step off the floor without fear, plus the importance of your vision and believing in our dreams. Yes, yes, yes. She's speaking my language. Kim is super inspiring. So enjoy this episode and keep an eye out for Kim's next steps as she is literally unstoppable. Kim, welcome to my virtual beauty lounge. It's so lovely to have you here on the show. How are you today? I'm really good. Thank you. How are you, Angela? I'm really well. Thanks so much for giving me some of your time. I know that you are a very busy woman. Um, This podcast has been designed to really inspire my listeners to hopefully be impactful and basically for them to take away a golden nugget from each interviewee that I have on the show to, um, yeah, basically go away and be inspired to build the beauty business of their dreams. And you are an incredible inspiration to myself. I've been following you for quite some time. I think back when you did actually win the Telstra Businesswoman of the Year. 2015 award that's when I thought oh wow look at this incredible woman and the business that she's built a gorgeous salon so um, that was way before Beauty Business Co was even invented (laughs) and here I am being able to interview you now so I'm so grateful that we've been able to connect so normally I get you to kick off the show with what your definition of a hashtag beauty boss is to begin with. Okay, thank you so much, Angela, and thank you for having me. The term beauty boss has many meanings to me. I don't believe you need to have your own business to be called a beauty boss. Um, A beauty boss is someone who has a clear vision of what they want, takes their destiny into her own hands and Um, pursues her goals with whatever it takes to succeed and is not afraid to make mistakes. But a beauty boss can also be someone who excels at what they do or a respected leader who values and invests in her team. She has the ability to lead her team into sharing her vision and ultimately her success. So to me, 
A beauty boss is someone who changes the world around them. Wow. What a beautiful definition. That's uh, 100% agree with all of that. Thank you so, so much. (laughs) In saying all of that, I now want you to share your complete story. What led you to choosing the beauty therapy path as your career path? And basically, you know, how long that's taken you to be to where you are today? It has taken me a very, very long time, Angela. And uh, looking back now, it has been a journey of since I was 13 when I suffered from severe acne. I, um, I don't know, but at that time, I tried everything that I could possibly um, get hold of or can afford at that age. And at that time, I made up my mind that no one should suffer the way that I do with acne. So it wasn't, it was my acne that led me to become a beauty therapist straight out of high school. Um, At first, I only wanted to study beauty therapy so I could look after my own skin. It's definitely, definitely not something that I considered as a career at that time. Being from an Asian family, my family is very traditional and Uh, If anyone's Asian out there who's listening, I think you can relate to me. Our parents want us to go to university, become a doctor, a lawyer, or some sort of degree. But for me, I was lucky enough that I finished year 12 um, early and my my mum said yes, I could take that extra time to study beauty therapy. And when I was studying um, beauty therapy, I discovered that I really enjoy doing this and I don't want to do this just for myself. I want to do this for others as well. So I furthered my studies into cosmetic dermal science and opened La Belle Po in 2007. Then the rest is history. My acne was truly a blessing in disguise. That's really beautiful. Um, I, I mean, I'm so sorry that you had to go through all of that to get to the choice of the beauty therapy industry because obviously having acne, as you know, treating all of your acne clients now, it's, um, you know, a, a big depletion of confidence throughout our teen years if we're having to deal with that. But how amazing that we get to be in an industry that can actually change the lives of these incredible clients that walk through our doors it's just yeah it's so so amazing that you can do that and because you've walked the path as well I'm sure a lot of your clients will really feel that you have so much passion in helping we've we've always got our helping hats on within this industry and I think if you've definitely drawn to um, you know making people and women feel better about themselves then um, the beauty industry is definitely a wonderful industry to be a part of would you think (laughs) absolutely and at that time when I was working for someone else I truly believe that we don't get um, enough recognition for what we do um, either for like respect for our industry our profession but also financially we just don't seem to get rewarded enough for what we actually do so that was the reason, or one of the reasons why I started La Belle Poe is I don't think that um, 
you know, the the way that it was before, um, I'm talking about you know, 11, 12 years ago, that that is how the beauty industry should stay, it should evolve. And I'm so blessed to still be in the industry and see how much it has grown into what it is today. Mm, yeah, absolutely. We've got our hands on so much incredible technology, ingredients are ever evolving, making sure that we've got our hands on that and we're completely um, committed to continually educating ourselves to uh, make that change within our client's skin is, yeah, super, super mm -hmm. important as well. So you've started your business a long time ago. Um, I think you've purchased an actual property which you run your business out of. That's so inspiring because it's something actually I would um, as on my vision board is to actually own my own premises in front of a beachfront and um, <laughs> seeing that you had done that while I was scrolling through your Instagram I thought oh wow that's so amazing not to have to pay a lease for then the ownership of your own business. Yes absolutely and um, in fact before I purchased the premises for La Belle Pie, I started my real estate investment since 2010 and um, for me I just feel that by owning your own place you can put your heart, your soul, your money into making something that you would call your forever home and for me I really love what I do and I can't see myself doing anything else. So being able to put my passion into our forever home and see La Belle Poe growing into as many years as I could possibly see myself, mm -hmm. that is a true achievement for me. I, um, I have always been looking for the right place, but the premises that I bought is actually just up the road from where we were for eight years. And I... I have been looking at this house for a long time. I've dreamt about it. I, I see it in my vision. But at the time when I saw the property, not long after that, the owner of the house took it off the market. And um, that was when I bought the other property to build my cafe. It was two years later that um, we saved up. And the property that we saw for the Bellpoint it's not for sale, but what we did was I, I wrote a note and I put it into the letter box and asked if he would sell to us, and he said yes. So wow. then I, I sometimes believe you just have to ask. The, the worst you get is a no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's so amazing because I've actually, where the property that I would like to own and turn into a business is um, right near where my son plays in a park right in front of the beach and we go walking there all the time. It's been my saving grace since becoming a mum just to clear the mind and I, yeah, I often wondered, you know, with my eyes thinking, wow, wouldn't it be incredible to own a business here, um, you know, but not not leasing it. I just want to own it but I don't want to live mm. in it because I have my, my business attached to my home at the moment and, mm. um yeah, and then one of them has come on the market. So it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, goodness me, this is it. This is the one that I want. And um, it's just really finding out a way on moving forward and the the finances to get there as well, sort of not 
I think if you dream so big and your vision is so strong, there has to be a way, right? <laughs> How to put it out there to the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> One day it'll happen for me, I know. <laughs> And so recently I've seen that there has been some work or an opportunity being given to you by L Vietnam. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, so in 2015, when I won the Telstra Businesswoman Award, um, so L Vietnam interviewed me and they did a few articles about my achievement and they even did an article about my fashion sense, but really I, I live most of my days in my uniform or just in their sport clothes at home. <laughs> but recently they, um, with Elle magazine in Vietnam, they are uh, moving away from the printed book, but moving most of their work online. And they offered me a position to be their online um, beauty contributor in the um, skin, especially acne um, category. So um, we're still working on that because the what they need is someone that could speak Vietnamese um, and also write Vietnamese uh, fluently. But for me, I can speak Vietnamese, but I do have a very strong accent that sometimes um, it's hard to understand, uh, Vietnamese people in Vietnam to understand. So we're working on writing some articles first while I um, improve my Vietnamese uh, speaking and writing skill before we go live with the, um, the weekly live um, feed. Yeah, so, wow. yeah, it's very, 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 very exciting. Yeah, extremely exciting. I think of how many incredible, you know, as you said, with the Asian heritage going through the acne and you've actually got that um, hands-on experience here and the opportunities that we, we have to have access to these products here in Australia to be able mm -hmm. to share all of that information, even if they can't have, um, you know, get their hands on the specific products that we sell here in Australia, that you'll be able to educate them through any specific ingredients that can help them as well. Well, in terms of the products, that is something that I'm working on. It's one of my projects at the moment. Ooh, for you to create <laughs> your own line. No, I um to create your online. It takes a lot of work, um, experience, and it it takes a lot. And um, for me, I believe in sourcing products that I believe in that is effective, um, and cost effective for different market. And um, ever since I turned thirty, I prefer to work at my own pace and also to work smarter, to create your own line, you're putting all of your energy into one thing. Whereas if you source products around the world, you can open up different markets wherever you are. Mm -hmm. And for me is I like to put my customers first. And I do know that by having my own line, the profit margin would be a lot better for me, but that is not my focus. My focus is to be able to reach out to more people as much as I can. And this is another reason why I haven't expanded to another clinic. Our clinic in um, North Perth, 
we have a lot of clients that are over east, that are overseas, and are focused on um, the quality more than the quantity. So in order for me to be able to reach out more to people that's not living in Perth is by bringing the, um, the solution to them. Mm -hmm. so in a clinic, you can only treat one person at a time, but if you could bring um, solutions to different markets around the world, I think by then I'll be able to reach out and help more people that I can in a clinic. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, that sounds very exciting. I don't think mm -hmm. there's anything stopping you from uh, all of the things that you have on your vision board. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think in, when I do business, it's all about finding a problem out there in the market and um, just sourcing the solution to that problem. And I find that that is how, with across all my businesses, that it is it works really well. If you see a gap in the market, if you can feel it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's when it comes to successful businesses. If they've found a problem and they're going to solve it they generally have a successful business <laughs> that's where it all begins you know yes. now which hurdles do you continually see popping up when it comes to running a beauty business um i haven't been i have been in business for over 11 years now and for anyone who has been in business for this amount of time I think we can all agree the hurdles are countless and they change as your business evolves. Um, for this podcast, I like to talk about three biggest hurdles I experienced. When I overcame each of these hurdles, I was able to take La Belle Po to the next level. So firstly, finding customers, getting them through the door and retaining them. I opened La Belle Po before social media was available. And um, the traditional methods of advertising that I used at that time were very costly. When I first started out, I tried everything from radio ads, which costed $300 for 30 seconds. I even sponsored Miss Universe, which was thousands of dollars. And things like newspaper ads, letterbox dropping, that was thousands of dollars as well. I even did talks at businesswoman networking events and I even went to different church <laughs> churches to talk to the women's group. Mm -hmm. um, well, all the above were not only financially costly but very time-consuming. So as much as many business owners I know dislike social media because it seems to take over our lives, I am very thankful for, for it because... I can't remember the last time I spent any money on advertising. The single thing that I did six months into opening La Belle Po, which turned my business around, was investing in the Vizier skin analysis machine. It was $35,000 at the time, which was a lot of money back then for me. And um, I got some DL pamphlet printed offering a free skin analysis plus some money back guarantee. The response to this ad was more than I ever hoped for and soon we were booked out and I needed to recruit more staff. So the second hurdle that I want to talk about is recruiting good staff so that you can grow. 
This is something I struggle with across all of my businesses, which are all in different industries. My advice to this is never settle for average staff. Your clients and your team deserve nothing but the best people. Always follow your gut when recruiting. If it doesn't feel right in the beginning, it will never work out later on. I learned this from experience. Um, it is better to keep your ship tight than to lower your standard just to fit more clients in because one unhappy client can cause more damage to your business than 10 happy clients can spread good words about you. Mm. So the third hurdle, if you overcame those two hurdles and are enjoying full bookings and have a great team, you might be facing this next hurdle which is um, passing your clients on to your team members in order for you to work less in the business and more on the business. So Angela, do you think this is a hurdle that you, that you experience as well or your, yeah, your content? Actually, I've just hired my first team member about um, three months ago so that I can step mm -hmm. off the floor at least, you know, to give me, a six hour six hours back a day um mm -hmm. just so i can work on beauty business co as well so i am definitely um just work you know i i know that she's definitely the right fit for my business but it's it's a lot of time and patience that i also need to have to make sure that she's mentored into the best therapist that she can be she's got the passion um so, and I always believe that you can put the passion, you can't put the passion into a therapist, but you can put the skill. So I'm willing to invest the time to make this happen, but it is a hurdle because the time costs the money and mm -hmm. then the relationships that um, my clients have built with me, it's, you know, over the last six years, it's taking a little while for them to adapt to a new staff member taking over their treatments you know so i um i i know that it's something i definitely have to do but um yeah i could definitely say it's a hurdle and and i'm i'm living proof of all that i'm doing in the salon right now is why i want people like yourself and me sharing our stories of these hurdles because we're all going through it or have been through it so what mm -hmm. would you say is your best tips for that well, this is something that I struggle for a long time because I truly love what I do and I am also very obsessed with all my clients. I um, I think I spent all my 20s working, working crazy hours in a treatment room, then coming home to more work because when you close that door in the at night you still go home to do more work as a business owner so that left me with very little time to sleep no time to exercise and i barely saw my family and friends but it was my mother's health that made me realize that as much as i love my work what i was doing was not sustainable i was working hard and business was amazing but only when i cut back on my hours did i see the bigger picture and I realized I've overlooked many areas of my business that could have been improved. I wish I had spent more time working on my business and diversifying my investments sooner. So three years ago, I, um, I started to inform my clients that I need to step back in order to 
um, to do uh, more research, focus more on researching and developing my team. So my clients understood that they are getting great treatments from us, but the treatments could be a lot better if me as a business owner could step back and focus on developing those treatments. And like you say, you spend a lot of time to invest in training your staff. And that is something that it took me a long time to actually to do because your standard, if your standard is high, you spend a lot of time training your team. And without you confidently say that your staff or your team member can do what you do um, as good as what you do, if not better, then you risk losing that client. So what I also do is by the time that I feel my, my therapist is ready, I inform my client that um, it is time for me to step back, but don't, um, don't stress, don't be afraid because um, I choose each of my therapists to match with each of my clients. So they all can do great treatments, but it's also the personality that they need to click with the client as well. As you would know, all of your clients, they have different personality. Some like to talk, some like to relax, some wants all the facts, some just want to talk about their family. So you have to understand your client and understand each of your team member and make sure it is a perfect match in every single way. And then what I did was I um, took that therapist into the room with me um, for my client's last one or two treatments with myself and get them to familiarize themselves with this new therapist. And then I also pass my number onto my client as well. So I say that in your next treatment with, um, with us, it will, will no longer be with me, it will be with so-and-so name. But if after the treatment, if there's anything that you're not happy about, any feedback, please let me know. And um, we will work together until you are happy. The last thing that I want you to do is not come back to us because you're very important to me. So that's what I say to my client. And it has worked amazingly. I only work one to two days a week when I'm here in Australia. And all of my clients are happy to see uh, um, any one of my team member. Mm. So beautiful, so beautifully put, Kim. That's, um, yeah, such a lovely way to, you know, let your clients um, be taken off by a new therapist and also give your therapist some incredible confidence that, you know, you've, you've, you've led them and mentored them in the right ways to, to take over such a high expectation of what your clients are receiving as well. Mm, but I think I'm very blessed to have such an amazing team. My team yeah. is not only good at what they do, but they are really genuinely good people and they are very sensitive as well. You just have to um, like look at them and they understand what's going on already. <laughs> so I'm very blessed. Oh, that's so great. And I guess it all comes back to that, um, you know, the interviewing process or, or what you have put out there in your um, job application of who you're actually looking for. And with your interview process, I'm sure that you've got 
you know, the questions that you're asking to, to understand if they're on the same values and ethics as what your business is about and what you believe in as well, which will all, you know, sync very nicely within the team too. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And now what are two top important tips for the aspired beauty boss listener to learn from when they start their own business? Um, for anyone who's starting your own business, I just want to congratulate you for making that decision. It is a huge step and it's very rewarding. So um, you just have to follow your dreams and remember that you'll get knocked down many, many times. Just That's just how it is. But it's all part of the learning process. So every time that you get knocked down, think about how you can do it better next time. Then stand right back up and keep following your dreams. The second tip is to surround yourself with positive people who are willing to support you. It is so, so important to do that because there are times that we need someone just to listen, just to, to knock some sense into us, really. I can't remember how many times where I actually thought to myself that I can't do this anymore. And if it's not because of the people around me telling me that how silly I am to think of that, just I just need to get over this. And um, I wouldn't be here today because well, without any of those people. So definitely yeah. positivity. Oh, that's amazing. And I guess that's also one extra bonus of social media because you're probably seeing that you're making a really incredible change and some amazing feedback from your clients all the time through through what you're doing and the results that you're achieving with your before and after pictures for your skincare clients. And that's all coming back to the change that you're making. So you're really making a positive impact to a lot of people around you too. I, I definitely want you in my corner. <laughs> Thank you, Angela. Thank you. Now I'd love for you to share three apps that you just can't live without. Oh, do you know what? I, I actually can happily live without my phone, to be honest. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, um, I, yeah, but, uh, th but that's probably why I lose my phone at least once a day. You can ask any of my staff and they say, yes, Kim always loses her phone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if I have to choose three, Firstly, it will be my WhatsApp. Um, I use this to communicate and share ideas and treatment success at our work. We use, um, well, I use WhatsApp to do my skin consultation and communicate with my clients who don't live in Perth. The second app that I use a lot of is Canva. Um, I use Canva to create um, anything from social media posts to flyers to posters and I can't live without my Spotify actually. Music is life to me. The only time that I don't have music is when I sleep or when I'm in a business meeting. As soon as I get home, the music comes on and we always have music with me. Oh, that's awesome. That's so good. I'm a big believer of that as well. I need to play more music actually um, throughout my day because it's the one thing when you're 
when you're singing a song, you sort of forget all of what's going on in your head. <laughs> you can really start to escape this, the, the hustle in your mind and just, yeah, I love really positive music. <laughs> good, good vibe dancing music. <laughs> My dogs actually have their own playlist. Um, oh. <laughs> I have two choices and they love, love, love. Um, it's called Dog Lullaby. If anyone have dogs, you have to listen to this. It's not only good for them, but for me, I actually love all the songs on there. That's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a dog cafe, right? So, oh, that's amazing. I, I'll have yeah. to um, check out your cafe as well. So, is that quite close to the salon? It's about 20 minutes drive um, north of La Belle Poe. It's next to Whiteman Park, which is a national park here in um, WA. And um, it's 5,000 square meter. It's not only for dogs. We also have two kids playground, one indoor, one outdoor. And um, we have a picnic area. We have two dogs play area. One is just with grass. The other is with um, like uh, obstacles for them to to play with. And uh, for anyone who doesn't like dogs and don't have kids, we also have a, another corner for you. <laughs> wow, it's huge. It's um. So that's a property that I um, invested in when I couldn't buy the premises for La Belle Poe in the beginning. And um, yeah, it's I share that with five other owners and it's actually about seven acres. We only use a corner of that to build the cafe. Oh my goodness, that's incredible. That's a whole nother podcast interview. <laughs> for, maybe for an, another entrepreneurial interview, but it just interests me so much, all that you are doing and then being able to... Um, you know, entrust in your team and have and have your delegation and and not be um, yeah so purposely driven in all the places all at once. It's just incredible, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is one thing you're constantly searching for when it comes to support in what you do daily? Um, so I constantly seek to learn from the people across path with. The knowledge that I gain from holding good conversations with people who have been there and done that has helped me more than any textbooks have. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's a really good point. So do you um, do you make the effort to go to specific networking events or have you got some just mentors in your corner that you have uh, masterminds with with that? I'm actually an introvert and I don't like to go to events if I don't have to. I, um, I do turn away quite a lot of events, um, but the people that I have quality conversations with are mostly my clients and I've built quite a good relationship with um, uh, some of my clients where we actually hang out outside of um, La Belle Poe as well. Mm -hmm. And... Um, just throughout my life, I was lucky enough to meet some incredible people through like the Telstra Awards, the 40 Under 40, and, um, and I keep in contact with those business owners, even though they do um, things that are completely different from what I do, 
but I found that business is business at the end of the day. The same principles apply. And when we get together, yes, we share our success, but we focus more on how we failed, all the things that we, um, all the mistakes that we do, because I feel that I learn better from those stories than just hearing about how great, how amazing things are or people are because sometimes I personally can't relate to that because throughout my career, I've failed more than I've succeeded and um, I've learned things the hard way. I've never been to business school. The age that I opened La Belle Poe at 19, I didn't really have the group of friends that had that experience. So the first eight years of my business, of my career, even though I was progressing, but it was very slow. Until three years ago, like I said, I've stepped back and spent more time to saying yes to meeting people over coffee, over walk around the park, and we just brainstorm and talk about different things. And that's how I learn the best. I, I don't really read any books, but I learn from people's experience. Yeah. Oh, that's so lovely. That, and thank you for, um, you know, com coming and doing this podcast with me as well, if it's been a little bit out of your comfort zone. I know it's the first podcast interview you've um, done, so I very much appreciate it because your hurdles and successes are definitely um, that they're so much to learn from actually I feel like I could talk to you for hours and hours if I lived in Perth I'd be going to that dog park and walking around <laughs> thank you for this opportunity I've grown a lot over the past three years in fact the the day after I received the um the Telstra National Award in Melbourne we all the national winners were supposed to go on Sky News to be interviewed I chicken out and I didn't go <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> I yeah it's um so from that moment to now I try to say yes to things that I am uncomfortable with because the only way that I could overcome it is if I face it and so thank you so much for this opportunity <laughs> you're so welcome <laughs> um now so with all of this being said, do you have any specific routines that you stick to to set your day up for success? Um, routines. So what I do is um, I, I have a to-do list saved on my phone, which I update before I sleep. And in the morning, I would go over each of those tasks on my to-do list and rearrange it in order of how I feel would be the best to tackle it that day. I think that by having a clear vision of what I will be doing that day allows me to be more productive and gives me a sense of achievement as I tick off those tasks as um, it is done. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I am all over that as well. If I don't have my list, then I sort of, yeah, don't have a proper direction for my day. And I really do like the satisfaction of crossing off things. And it doesn't matter if it's not all crossed off. That can be all moved over to the next day. But I think if you can hold yourself accountable a little bit with a, um, you know, list and it's, um, yeah, really helpful. <laughs> I agree too, because sometime like years ago, I used to feel extremely busy. And then at the end of the day, I looked back on my day and I feel I actually haven't achieved much because I, was, I wasn't organized. 
So being organized with a to-do list allow me to achieve more. Mm, yeah, that's great. Well, I've got some rapid fire questions. Now, what's the best book you've ever read? I can't remember the last time I read. <laughs> but the best conversation I had with someone was with a person named Barbara Warren. Barbara owns a company called Dramatic Difference Training. I met her through the Telstra Business Award and she taught me to love my voice, which was something I struggled with since I was 16 when I was fired from my first day at work, or actually work experience, I should say, because my voice was too annoying. Oh my goodness, that's got to be discrimination. Your voice is so beautiful and I'm so glad that you've overcome that fear. Yeah, thanks to Barbara Warren. She's flying to Perth next week, so I'm going to have another interesting conversation with her. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I might even have to change that question because I think it is really great to hear about, um, you know, some different conversations that have, yeah, been impactful, like made a difference. I always think you should turn and talk to the taxi or the Uber driver, right? <laughs> you never know what kinds of stories you're going to hear. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Now, who is someone that you would love to meet in person? Um, uh, I think I would love to meet Oprah. <laughs> everyone does. Eh? Nearly everyone on the podcast has said Oprah. <laughs> I've told um, a lot of people, I'm like, I think when she comes next out to Australia, we need to organise a beauty boss Oprah session. <laughs> yes, please. I'm so on to that if you do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's on the list. Count me in. <laughs> and what's one thing you have procrastinated about this week? Going to the gym. I don't like exercising. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard one if we're um if we're always quite busy and it's put down to the bottom of the list that's one thing that never gets done in my day either but I do have a three-year-old so I'm on my feet all day <laughs> I oh, give that the excuse yeah. <laughs> what is something you would jump at if you knew you wouldn't fail putting an end to poverty and maybe curing cancer yeah they're two pretty brilliant ones and if you were stranded on a deserted island with no Wi-Fi, what's one thing you wish you had with you? A satellite phone to call for help. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, you don't want to be on there too long. No. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for your time, Kim. It's been beautiful having you here on the show. Tell the audience what's next for you, what's in the works with the business. Is there anything um, that you could bring awareness to the audience while you're on the, on the air? Um, I'm working on several very special projects, which I can't really share yet. Um, but to give you a hint, it may involve jumping into the sky and maybe a little bit of water as well. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> If you follow me on Instagram, you will be the first to know. Um, and or there's more info about what I do on my website, which is um, thekimtran.com. Um, 
And then so, your social media handle is um, at the Kim Tran. That's correct, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The Kim Tran underscore. Underscore. Yeah. Okay. I'll leave all of the links to everything in the show notes as well um, so that everyone can find you and follow you. And if they want to um, gain some beautiful inspiration from your salon, it's at Le Beau Perth. Is that correct? Yeah, the the, uh, La Belle Poe, Perth. Yeah, perfect. Okay, and excellent. the cafe is uh, Slate Cafe. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely want to check that out. I've got a lot of Perth um, listeners and members of our Beauty Business Co Society group, so um, definitely have to go in and um, check out everything Kim Tran. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much again. Now, we normally do a little prize to a lucky listener. Is there something that you would like to offer today, Kim? I would love to offer one person. If you live in Perth, I would love to have coffee with you. Or if you don't live in Perth, then we can chat over the phone for an hour. And as I say, I love talking to interesting um, interesting people, inspiring people, because it not only helps me, but I believe that we can all learn from each other. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I um I want to win the prize. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would love to spend some time um, getting to know you more. And thank you for offering that to one of our lucky listeners. I think it's going to be very, very valuable um, for any winner to hear a little bit more about how you can help them within their beauty business as well so thank you so much have a beautiful day thank you same to you thanks for having me thanks kim bye